It's just a big clock. I don't understand all the hype with Big Ben. It's literally just a clock. It's gonna be a digital one in 30 years anyway. Gah. Oh, the London Eye? <laughs> yeah. So far, the worst experience of my life. Welcome to Best of the Bad Reviews, a podcast that shares the most captivating, funniest and best bad reviews on the internet. I'm your host, Matthew Ganley, and it's a pleasure and a privilege to have you here for episode two, season one of this Best of the Bad Reviews. That's right, we're doing it. Best of the Bad Reviews Best of the Bad Reviews I'd like to start out this episode, that's right, by saying a massive thank you to everyone who's shown support for episode one. Um, The response has been overwhelming. I'm having a blast doing this podcast. I'm really happy that it seems a lot of people are getting some joy out of this. That's why I'm doing it. And any way you can spread the word, share the link is massively appreciated. This episode is all about tourist attractions. And let me tell you, there are some outlandish reviews that I'm going to share with you. I'm also honoured and privileged to welcome Lauren Redding onto this episode. Lauren is an actor and a performer, a writer and a creator who's the mastermind behind her own one-woman musical, Bloody L. We're going to be chatting to her and also we're going to be taking a look at a couple of bad reviews of The Great Outdoors. That's right, one of Ben Nevis and one of Loch Ness. Now, if you've ever been fortunate enough to visit the iconic city of Rome, you'll most likely appreciate the ancient architecture The fact it's steeped in rich history and notoriety, slap bang in the centre of this great place is the world famous Roman Colosseum, the largest ancient amphitheatre ever built. At 15 centuries old, it's hosted gladiatorial contests, executions, um, ancient Roman dramas, usually to an average of 65,000 spectators each time. However, it's safe to say that this next reviewer wasn't entirely happy with his visit to the Roman Colosseum. The place was in ruins. Uh, Yes, yes, pretty astute observation there. Maybe the result of 15 centuries of withstanding the elements, earthquakes and war and that. Seemed like the stadium hadn't been used in years. So old, none of the seats even remained. I had to stand. Yeah, bloody typical, that, innit? That's 5th century amphitheatres for you. And on the topic of being aware of the historical context of a place, have a ganders at this review of the Great Wall of China. I should caveat this review with the fact that the Great Wall of China is 13,500 miles long. Just to put that into context, Hadrian's Wall is 70 miles. Woody Woodpecker 51 says, Too long. Didn't even bother. Alright, you built a wall, so why should I be impressed? Back in my days, the walls were more beautiful and they didn't have to be so tall. Come on. Finally, someone calling it out as it is. The walls just weren't that beautiful pre-1878 back in my day. You know, now it's all bloody iPads, DVD players and ugly walls. Ugly tall walls, I should add. You know, ooh, got to protect the empire from invasion. Thanks, Imperial China. It goes on. 
I didn't feel good with my leg that day and my wife really wanted to visit the Chinese wall and I said, okay, let's do it then. But I soon understood that it was definitely too long for me and I got tired. I failed in front of my wife because of this wall, so no, I'm not gonna go back there. Um, yeah, it, it is It is long, it is long. Um, it's not, you know, a five mile slog um, of a day. Probably, what would that, 13 and a half thousand miles if you did a continual walking would probably take you around a year, wouldn't it? Um, but, you know, fair enough, he had a sore leg. And I feel, you know, I do feel for this guy because he obviously wanted to impress his wife. And I guess somehow felt that walking the entirety of the Great Wall of China would be a way to do that. So... You know, if it makes you feel any better, Woody Woodpecker 51, no one could do that in a day. So what I would say to you is don't beat yourself up and, you know, return there with a fresh perspective. Folks, I am over the moon to introduce this episode's very special guest. It's the one and only... Lauren Redding. Lauren is a much-loved actor and actor-musician. She's a writer, composer, and she's the driving force behind the brand-new, cutting-edge, one-woman musical, Bloody L. She joins me now. Lauren, welcome to Best of the Bad Reviews. How are you doing, mate? Oh, hello, Matthew Ganley. I'm very well, very well. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy that you're able to join us, and um, it's good to hear your voice as well, because we've not, we've not had a We've not had a chat in a while, have we? We haven't. It's been occasional voice notes in the wind, which you can never really <laughs> hear very well, or a text message. So, yeah, it's lovely to see and hear you. Now, on the topic of uh, these recent times, I'm just going to dive in with, I guess, with a bit of a meaty question, because I think it's safe to say, from what I know, that the past 15 months for yourself has been have been absolutely massive. Not only did you conceive and write your own grassroots musical... Uh, achieving support from um, the Royal Exchange, the Queen's Theatre, Hornchurch and the Arts Council. You did all this during the pandemic whilst mm -hmm. also recovering from a pretty serious accident. Now, at the risk of sounding massively oversimplistic <laughs> in this question, how has the last year been? And I'm also personally really interested to know how you navigated um, uh, cultivating a creative headspace in order to write your musical? Well, my goodness me, what a question. Um, yes, the last um, 15 months, so obviously when we're recording this, it's a year to the day since we went into lockdown, but for me, lockdown started on the 20th of January, 2020. Um, I had an accident on stage on press night of the Scottish play. Wow. Beat that. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't write it. You could not write it. My word. Um, basically, I had an injury which resulted in me having to have quite massive major knee surgery, which happened in February. And then after coming out of surgery and going into physio, I was told that my physio was closing and the world was closing with it. So um, everything... You know, after having quite a well, quite a hell, quite a hellish, a hellish time, um, then we all went into lockdown. Everything short. No one, what was, no one knew what was going on. I was in a bloody wheelchair. Um, it was a nightmare, really. Um, and the, you know, I, the the worst thing I was worrying about after my surgery was that oh, you know, I'm going to miss out on loads of work and loads of fun. <laughs> And then all the work and all the fun stopped. So at first I was like, ah, 
you can all join me on my sofa yeah. watching reruns of Judge Rinder. But um, now I'm sick of it, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, so that was a real... Probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with uh, ever. Um, no doubt. Not just the pain, but also the... Uh, I've never not been able to get around and get by. And I think the physical... The loss of my physical freedom not being able to walk, having to rely on other people, which I am not very good at, um, having been, you know, having been very self-sufficient um, yeah. and having to ask for help was, was really difficult. So within that time, um, the only thing I could do really was write. And I've always wanted to pen something about my experience as a young queer working class girl coming out in the north and i've always been quite frustrated seeing especially female-led queer stories in um on television and off and um in plays i often find they're underwritten and kind of fetishized or it's a phase or just really unhelpful yeah. and i could have really done with something that felt real when I was younger. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to write it. Out of, you know, a very horrible situation, something quite magical has happened. It's so cool because I remember you tweeting as well. You, you put a tweet out, <laughs> it must have been around a year ago, saying, right, I'm writing a musical, I'm putting pen to paper, I'm doing it. <laughs> and yeah. it's amazing. That just feels like it was the other week. You're in a place now where it's pretty much ready to go. Is that Would I be right in saying that? You would be, yeah. I mean, surprisingly for me, it feels like a labour of love. It's it's almost like I've been writing it since I was about 15. There's songs that, I, that actually are in it that I wrote when I was 16, 17 years old, which correlate to the storyline because the storyline isn't, it isn't based entirely on my life, but it's based on my experiences. And uh, it's funny how I thought, oh, I need a song here. And then I was like, God, I wrote it 20 years ago. <laughs> um, you know, Amazing. like, um, not 20 years ago, I'm not that old. But you know what I mean? I th um, <laughs> it's funny how it's it's like an accumulation of of experiences that I had. And I had the time and to write it. Um, and I think I wrote a tweet. I remember writing that tweet so that I'd do it. <laughs> I thought, if I write this tweet, then, I'll, then I've got to yeah. do it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. sort of holding yourself accountable totally. to, to the social media, isn't it? Yeah, annoyingly, but yeah. If anyone listening has the chance to check out um, Prologue Song, it's a th it is incredible because it, <laughs> it really made me belly laugh when I heard it because it's a beautiful piece of music, but not just that. It's quite ironic and it sort of takes the piss out of the structure of musicals. Yeah. Um, so... It comes at it from a real, really sort of like um, transparent, there's a real transparency to it. And of course, the music is fantastic. You've been, I mean, you've been singing and playing for how long now have you been oh, active? I'm, I picked up a guitar when I was 12. I'm now thingy. Yeah. Um, so a long time. Um, my dad, my dad was a... Um, a mu in a band and I used to go on tour with his band so I was just around music all the time quite organically not like I never did music DCSE or did grades or out it was just like absorbed you know um, 
so then when I, I started singing a song about it, started busking in York when I was about 16, 17, and then I got spotted and uh, got signed to a little record label in uh, the north and then gigged loads, just loads and loads and loads. For me, music is is about heart and feel. It's not about grades and a C minor seventh and all that. It's about what makes your heart feel funny and all you know those those th- hairs that stand up at the back of your neck anyone listening please go and ch- go and check it out bloody l bloody l.com is the website um and also you're on all the socials as well aren't you mate you're on twitter and instagram yeah yeah it's at bloody l underscore Best of the bad reviews. now mate i've got a little question for you oh Lord. have you do, do you leave bad reviews ever have I ever left a bad review? Um, yes. All right. Have you ever left a bad review sorry. that you can remember? Um, I think I may have, yeah. I can Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> um, and can I ask for a bit more detail, please? <laughs> um, I did one really recently, actually. I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, okay, so I ordered a curry and they missed out my sag paneer. No. <laughs> and I was unhappy did you phone them first or did you just hit go straight to the to the, to google i phoned them first because i'm not an idiot you know i'm not a total sadist i phoned them first <laughs> i said in my lovely northern dulcet tones i'm in london at the moment so they didn't know what i did them i said hi love you've forgotten my sag paneer and he, <laughs> he he um he didn't offer a offer to give me a new one he just uh he just said i'll give you 20 percent off your next order and i thought well no i want I want my spinachy cheese. Thank yeah. you. So, um there's a very specific emotion that comes with a dish like that. It really ticks so many boxes. There's the creaminess of the cheese, the saltiness, the mixed with the aromas of the the Indian curry sauce. I mean, yeah. I think I I think I would have left a bad review as well, mate. So, <laughs> did you give the was it a one star or a two star? Well, I was I'm not you see I'm not that brutal. I'm 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 a Libra, right? So I'm kind of... I, if I'm going in bad, I'll always give a good. So I, so I think I left about three star, which I think is good. That's for fair. For a bad review, right? Yeah. Um, but I did say, disappointed, no sag paneer. <laughs> That's all I wrote. But I feel... I still feel bad because there were, it, the rest of the curry, right, was the best curry I've ever had that's not in Bradford. I don't think you should feel bad. I think three out of five is more than fair. For a, for an error of of like that, and yeah. you know they can only they can only learn from it. Do not <laughs> you know be complacent when it comes to your your particularly your your creamy delicious uh, uh, paneer dishes. Thank you, Matt. You made me feel better um, now. I'm with you. I'm with you. We can. Yeah, I'm always here for you, mate. When it comes to uh, supporting your food woes, my cheesy um, needs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good band name. Mm. Um, now then, we've got a couple. What I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, yeah. Um, I feel like I needed a guest to venture into this part of the episode because it's bad reviews of the great outdoors, and you know how much I love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a little glance at a couple of reviews that I have sent you. I'm going to read one. Um, you, I'll read the first one. You read the second one, and I had to give my. I'm giving myself a trigger warning, okay, before we launch into this because. Um, I don't relate to anything that these people write. So um, I- I'm glad that you're here for me, mate, in this, in my hour of need. I've got you, Addressing mate. this. I've got you. So are you ready, mate? I'm going to launch into the first one. This is a review. Oh, gosh. 
This is a review of Loch Ness. That's right. This is a review of Loch Ness, the second largest loch in Scotland. It is a body of water that is around 200 plus metres deep and it's surrounded by the beauty of the of the highlands. Um, it's surrounded by castles. It's got little hamlets running by it. It's got piers. It, it's stunning, basically. Um, this guy has given has given Loch Ness two out of five, <laughs> and it goes like this: quite possibly, the single most overrated tourist thing in Scotland. Whether Nessie exists or not, and I'd like to believe he or she does. You're really only going to see two things here. Number one, yet another cold grey lock. Anger is rising, anger is rising. <laughs> breathe, Matt, breathe. I'm here, okay, we're good. <laughs> Number two, stupendously overdone marketing of a dubious life form. Right, I'm going to stop this here. Oh my right. God. So this this person starts by saying, I'd like to believe he or she does exist. Mm -hmm. And then late, a, a sentence later describes it as a dubious life form. So make your mind up. <laughs> have you ventured to this part of the world, mate? Me? Have I ever been to Loch Ness? No. Do you know, Scotland, I haven't ventured enough in Scotland because I'm like you. I love the great outdoors. I love a mountain. I love, my lo I love a loch. It's just really far away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's a bit of a mish. Yeah. Um, you've got to really commit to it, um, you know, with a few days there. But it continues with this last sentence. If I were a Yeti, I'd be jealous. Where are my plushes? Right. Well, you're not a Yeti. You're a twatty. Um, <laughs> thanks, mate, for being for being here. Um, as a, as a compassionate ear. That must have hurt. That must have really hurt you, Matt. Who are these people? <laughs> I mean, what's not to? I mean, the fact that he's commenting on the, a cold grey lock. I mean, you yeah. know, in in the words of Alfred Wayne Wright, there is no such thing as bad weather, only unsuitable clothing. Absolutely right. Shall we go to the second review of Ben Nevis? And would you like to read it, please, Lauren Redding? I'd love to. So I'm just going to say I haven't read this yet because I thought it'd be funnier if I hadn't read it. Excellent. So, here we go. The title, Very Steep and Too High. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> One star. <laughs> oh. After going up Mount Snowdon by train in Wales, I've forgotten just how high some mountains can get. And they don't come much higher than this one, that's for sure. Lol. This was almost a full day's climbing. And... <laughs> And my girlfriend was crying at one point. <laughs> oh dear. Oh no, no, no. When we did get to the top, there was nothing there. Mount Snowdon has a pub, restaurant and toilet. Oh. Sorry, mate. Mount... It doesn't have a pub. It doesn't have a pub, but it has a restaurant and toilets. Sorry, <laughs> I interrupt. I need to just watch myself because cause I'm, I'm this close to, uh, to losing it. <laughs> I can see your cheeks getting red. Luckily, we had brought some sandwiches and drinks. So, anyone else climbing this, be warned, capital letters, there are no, no in capitals, facilities at the top. Thank you very much. It carries on, by the way. It's quite a long one, this one. The climb basically went on for far too long, and the last part was particularly steep and difficult. It was also cloudy at the top, so the view was non-existent. Bloody weather. Are you allowed to give weather a bad review? It's a bit unfair, isn't it? I think it's a bit tight, really. Especially when it's to do with a mountain and you're going up into the sky. Yeah. 
not only a mountain, but you know the the biggest mountain in 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 the UK. Yeah. Yeah. It continues. Mm. The long the long walk back down was boring, and again took too long. It was a relief to get back to our B and B in Fort William for a hot hot soapy bath and the joys of a flushing toilet with soft toilet rolls. The attraction. I mean, it sounds it sounds like he's been out with Bear grills for two weeks. He's been sleeping inside like a dead deer or something, doesn't it? <laughs> DiCaprioing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, final bit. The attraction is free, but I honestly couldn't imagine anyone, and I mean anyone, paying to climb this. Well, it is free, so you know that last point is a little. It's, it's pointless, really, isn't it? Saying that it's about like giving a bad review to f- fresh air. Yeah, yeah, or a tree. <sighs> Just looking at a tree and going, "You're really high." You're making my eyes squint when I look up because the sun's getting in them. One yeah. star. Yeah, bloody nature. <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel I felt comforted throughout by your presence, mate. So I appreciate that. You are welcome, um, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate, chatting to you. And I'm so happy that you could join me for episode two of Best of the Bad Reviews. And um, anyone listening, please go and check out uh, Lauren's new musical, Bloody L. She's on Twitter. She's on Instagram. Um, and when it comes out, you can, you can, we can all trot along to the theatre. How good will that be? Mm-hmm. How good will that be to go and see Bloody L? Oh, I just can't wait. Imagine the theatre now. Imagine <sighs> looking out and just seeing all them glistening eyes oh, come on seems like another world away doesn't it it does darling it does we'll get there we'll get there slowly but surely thanks um, for having me matt it's such a great thing and it really made me laugh so thank you oh no thanks so much mate for supporting it and um let's have a catch up soon keep Ye- us posted will do i'll let you know all right mate much love bye. speak soon bye bye. thank you to lauren redding for such a brilliant chat Now, this next review is of the British Museum, and all I can say is really that some people just take issue with the very concept of what a museum is. One out of five. I went to a friend's house once, and he had a load of stolen stuff. I felt quite awkward just looking at it. I felt the same feeling here. And some people just don't really appreciate nature. Take this scathing review of the Grand Canyon. One out of five. Nature is crap. I've been to a number of so-called landmarks in my time, but what the hell was this? It's just an overblown sandy ditch. I really didn't get the fascination. Took two hours to get there. Should have stayed in my hotel and watched a DVD instead. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in once more. Please go ahead, follow us on Twitter at bestestbaddest. We're on Instagram at Best of the Bad Reviews. And don't forget, this Friday is episode three. 6pm it's dropping and it's all about Amazon reviews. Bad Amazon reviews. And I'm joined by the brilliant David Hunter. We're going to be chatting about so many juicy things. We had a right old laugh recording it today. And that episode is all about bad Amazon reviews, of which there are many. The plethora of reviews that exist on that website, and we've got some right old treats for you. So in the meantime, I've been Matt. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you soon. That wasn't too bad, was it? 
that's that felt pretty natural. Um, yeah, I'm st- I still don't know how to end a podcast, but that's that's good. I've been Matt. See you soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works in sort of three chunks, doesn't it? Dive in there, and Jarabidu. Cheers. Best of the bad reviews. Best of the 